Hey, welcome to Lessons from the Boot. I'm your host, Ms. Brittley, and every week I dive deep into the personal growth and development that living here in South Italy teaches me in the hope that you can gain some inspiration from it wherever you may be in the world. Reading, in my opinion, is a bit of a forgotten art form. I remember as a child being an absolute bookworm. I would devour books in the same way that you might devour a bar of chocolate. It was amazing how many books I would get through, how many books filled my parents' home. I loved reading. But as I grew up and technology became an ever-present constant in my life, my love for reading gradually faded and I had a stark realisation a couple of years ago here in Italy that I had barely read one book in an entire year. And that fact made me really sad. And so at that point, I recommitted to reading. And every single morning, I dedicate 15 minutes minimum to reading a book. And as a result, I have read some incredible books, including some that have absolutely changed my life in 2023, which I'm going to share with you in today's episode. Reading is so underrated, but it has the complete power to transform your experience, your perception, your open your mind and take you to places that you may never have thought about before. There is so much power contained in the words on a page. And I hope that this episode can inspire you to reignite your love for reading or begin to explore what reading can do for you if it's something that has never really appealed to you up until now. So the first book that I read this year in 2023 that really changed my perception of life was the classic Seven Habits of Highly Successful People by Stephen Covey. Now, this book I had heard about for quite some time, but as with anything in life, it wasn't my moment to read it until the beginning of this year. I feel like with books, sometimes they choose you when it is the right time. And this was definitely the case for this book. Now, the book is divided into the seven habits, which are number one, be proactive. In other words, remember that you are in charge. Number two, begin with the end in mind. Always have a plan. Number three, put first fins first. In other words, work first, then play. Number four, think win-win. Everyone can win. Number five, seek first to understand, then to be understood. In other words, listen before you talk. Number six, synergize. Together is better. And finally, number seven, sharpen the saw, because balance always feels best. And the reason this book had such a profound effect on me is it really reminded me of how we are in charge of our life. In life, it's so surprising how many people will blame external circumstances for the fact that they don't have the things that they want, are not in the position that they want to be in in their lives, or for the fact that their life is not looking as they want it to be. And 
in that moment, people forget that you are responsible for your choices. No one can make you think, do or feel anything that you do not choose for yourself. And this is what this book beautifully reminds you of, essentially. There is an element of personal responsibility to everything that we do in life. And when we decide to blame external circumstances, people, situations, for the reason that our life is not as fulfilled as we want it to be, we completely strip away that element of personal responsibility and we allow ourselves to become something very weak because essentially if you are dependent on other things to bring you what you want you have no control over your life so it's a really interesting book in that respect but there were a couple of standout quotes that I wanted to share with you today and just talk about The first was let negative energy fly out open windows. Don't take it in. I love this quote. Like there are always going to be negative people in this world. There are always going to be negative situations. But it doesn't mean that you have to take it internally and make it disrupt the way that you feel about life and the way that you feel about yourself. And this is a really important reminder as we enter the Christmas season, because this is the time when we're going to be spending large periods of time in the company of other people. And, you know, this is the moment when people tend to come together. They talk about what's going on in their lives. Sometimes there may be, you know, some bad situations, bad experiences. And it's just the time when people will start talking about all of those aspects together, especially after they've had a drink. And this is the moment when you need to really be strong and remember that you don't have to take internally another person's negative energy. Like you can let it fly out open windows And I think it's really necessary that we do this because we have to protect ourselves at the end of the day. Another really powerful quote that stood out for me from this book is that investment in ourselves is the single most powerful investment we can ever make in our lives. Essentially, it is the only instrument we have with which to deal with life and contribute and this essentially ties in with the with the habit of sharpening the saw. And that investment can be in the form of education, skills, equipment that will help us develop those skills. But essentially, we need to invest in ourselves. We can invest in our health. We can start to adopt a better diet, do more exercise, consume less negative content, spend less time on social media. All of these are forms of investment that we make into ourselves because as this quote beautifully reminds us, ourselves are the only instrument with which we can deal with life and contribute to it. So it is the greatest ROI that you will ever receive is the investment you make into yourself. So I think that quote is something that we can all do well to remember as we enter a brand new year. And it ties really beautifully into what this book describes as the upward spiral, which is learn, commit, and do. So I feel like we're all very familiar with the downward spiral, which is taking you into a deep, dark place of negativity. Well, this upward spiral is the complete opposite. It's taking you somewhere even closer to your dreams and goals. And it's reminding us that when we learn something and we commit to it, we do it and we see results and we start to make positive changes. So it's a really, really beautiful concept to adopt 
as we enter 2024. And the final quote that really stood out for me from this book was nothing over much. This is a Greek saying, which essentially means everything in moderation. And I love this because I think even when you are following a passion or you're doing something that feels really constructive, you can still be guilty of doing that thing too much to the point of neglecting other aspects of your life. And so everything has to be in moderation. The good, the bad and the ugly, it all has to be in moderation. And it's a really beautiful, beautiful quote to carry with you through life. Don't do any one thing in excess. Keep everything in moderation. So the next book that I read in 2023 was a book called Create Something Awesome by Roberto Blake. Now, this book is essentially how content creators can profit from their passion. Roberto Blake is a very well-known YouTuber. He has um, an incredible YouTube account with like a lot of subscribers. And he's very influential in his field in terms of teaching and sharing his wisdom about content creation to other people. And in this book, there were a couple of quotes that really stood out to me that I think you can adopt in your life, even if you are not a content creator, for example. The first one was anyone who doesn't invest in their dreams can't be surprised by the lack of them. Now, this ties really beautifully into the seven habits of highly successful people when it talks about um, investment in yourself being the single most powerful investment we can ever make. And so this is why I really like this book, because I can see how those principles are also adopted in practical situations. And you know, investment in this sense doesn't just mean financial investment, but also investment of time. So if you really, really want to do something, you want to create something, you want to make a change in your life, that is going to require an investment of time. And essentially, if you don't invest in your dreams, you can't complain that they haven't realised or haven't come true. And it's a really, really beautiful reminder to us all that we have to make the time for the things that are important to us. And then the final quote that really stood out to me from this book, you can choose to be an outlier. Being above average is a choice. And I love this again, because it is another reminder of taking personal responsibility and not chalking up other people's success to money, luck, etc. But realising that when you see somebody who is doing really, really well for themselves and, you know, are what we might consider to be successful in inverted commas, because that definition is very subjective. It's not because they're lucky. Half of the time, there has been a lot of work that has gone into that moment that you don't see. You see the end result. You don't see the blood, sweat and tears that got people to that point. And so, when you choose that you want to be above average, that is when you create the steps to be an outlier. Like you start to take the action, you start to make the sacrifices, you start to live your life maybe in a different way because you want to achieve the success that you desire. So I feel like that's a really important reminder to us all. It's so easy to look at what other people are doing and make it mean that they've had it better than you. But above all, it began with a decision. 
And from that decision, the actions followed and the necessary steps were taken. But it's not necessarily just down to luck or to good circumstances in that sense. The next book that I read in 2023 was The Art and Business of Online Writing by Nicholas Cole. Now, this is essentially a manual for how to write in different online contexts in order to capture and keep attention. Now, it's really important because when you read something online, your attention span is different compared to when you read a book. And it's so important to recognise this and to kind of adapt your writing to fit the online environment in a better way. Now, there were a couple of things that really stood out to me from this book, again, that you can apply to your life, whether you are a writer or not. But I would suggest that if you use social media without realising it, you are also, in a way, a form of writer, if you include captions in your work, for example. So the first quote The number of hours I spend consuming should never equal or exceed the number of hours I spend creating. I love this quote because I think that when you start to do anything in life, whether it's follow a passion, start a new job, start a new hobby, we always have this kind of habit of looking around us and seeing what other people in a similar field or niche are doing. And we kind of spend that time consuming what others are doing rather than taking the action that we need to be taking ourselves in order to create the thing that we want to do. And so this is a beautiful reminder. Yes, it's good to notice what's going on around you, but that should never be your primary focus. Your primary focus should be on creation. The time that you spend learning about what's going on around you, kind of looking at what other people are doing should be minimal the primary, primary focus and main aspect of your time should be spent on creating. The second quote that really stood out for me from this book is that social media is like a roulette wheel. The more times you spin the wheel, the more chances you have of winning. Now, if you are a content creator, you will know that social media is, oh my goodness, it's an ever-changing landscape Some social platforms take a very long time to build a community and to gain any traction. But essentially, you have to remember that the more consistent you can be, the more content you can produce, valuable quality content, not just any form of content just to try to to gain a few followers or subscribers, but actual content that can make a difference to somebody's life. The more you can actually create that kind of content, the more chances you have of the algorithms picking you up, promoting you and helping you to reach new audiences. And so this is a really, really important thing to remember. Consistency is key. You can't expect to post, for example, on YouTube five videos and then wonder why you don't have 100,000 subscribers you've got to be consistent. You've got to keep posting the content. You've got to let the algorithm get to know you and understand what you're about in order for it to help you to reach new audiences. And the last quote that really stood out to me from this book was this amazing quote that says, you are not the main character in your story, your reader is. And this was like, wow, okay, harsh truth. 
Because when we post on social media, sometimes we can be a bit selfish. We want people to see us in our best light, that that selfie in the Amalfi, us on a yacht looking glamorous. But essentially, how is that benefiting the reader? This goes for any type of content creation, even if you are publishing on Instagram without any form of a business idea, you're just publishing to have a social media account. What benefit do your images, do your videos have for the people that are consuming it? We can be very, very selfish in this respect. And what we forget is that, especially if you're building a business, you should be valuing your reader's time. You should be valuing the fact that they too have busy lives. And if you want them to express an interest in what you're doing, you have to give something back to them as well. It's not just kind of take, take, take. You have to give something back to them in order for them to dedicate their time to you and to show their commitment to you. So a really, really powerful lesson. We all need to be stop being selfish with the way that we use social media. The next book that I read in 2023, The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. This book is amazing. It really dives deep into why we behave as we do around money and how by changing that behavior, we can change the way that we think about money and also the way that we manage the money that we do have. Now, there are so many quotes from this book. It was just an incredible read. The first, luck and risk are cousins. So true. You've got to take risks in life because with every risk, you're either going to learn a lesson or you're going to get lucky. It's, it's exactly that. I've taken many risks in my life from leaving the police to starting a business with no former background in business, no experience, nothing. I... You could say I got lucky because my business did very well. But you could also say that I put a lot of hard work, blood, sweat and tears into it to make it arrive at that point. But essentially, I had to take a risk to even have that opportunity in the first place. I took a risk moving to Italy, like moving to Italy, huge risk, left my business, left my life in the UK, started afresh in a country with a language that's completely different to my own and a completely different mindset. And you could say... I got lucky because I have been able to settle myself here, create all of this content that I'm starting to create, find myself again, because I did go through a period where I wasn't quite sure what I was doing here. Um, And so, you know, that came on the back of taking a risk. So I absolutely love this quote. The next quote that stood out for me is that happiness is results minus expectations. And this is so true. Like, I think where we get really stressed in life is that we set really high expectations, both on ourselves and on other people. We place these expectations on us or on other people. And we have that heavy weight of responsibility on our shoulders to try to meet those expectations or exceed them. Happiness is essentially having the results but not expecting them to be a certain way because life will take us on many winding roads. It's not something that is always a straight path. You may have many moments where you stop off for a bit of a rest or you take a detour, but essentially it's not always an easy route to what it is that you want in your life. And so we need to remember that if we have an end goal, we need to be open to how we're going to arrive there. 
and not have a certain expectation that it's going to be a particular way because essentially that will lead to feelings of unhappiness and stress. The next quote, oh my goodness, this quote, oh, this quote is so powerful. Doing something you love on a schedule you can't control can feel the same as doing something you hate. Oh my goodness, this is so true. Like I realise this a lot because I used to be an entrepreneur and I used to have my own control of my time. And, you know, when I wanted to work, I worked. When I didn't want to work, which wasn't very often, I didn't work. But essentially, when you are an employee, you have zero control over your time. You have to work when you are told to work. You have no choice in that matter. And so even if you love what you do, if you do not have control of your schedule, it can easily become something you hate because you become resentful. You become resentful that you don't have any say over when you work and your, you know, your timetable is changed or, you know, there are adjustments that are made sometimes without a lot of notice. You can become very resentful of this because you don't have that control. And so this quote is so true. Like essentially, I cannot stress enough, being your own boss is not easy. Like it will test you in so many ways and you don't have that guaranteed income every month. You've got to work hard for it. But there is a freedom that comes with being your own boss in the sense that you are in control of your own day. And that is something that you do not have as an employee. Another quote that stood out for me is that controlling our time is the highest dividend money pays. We often think of money in terms of being able to buy the things that we want, the objects, the material items, the cars, the technology. But we don't often think that money actually buys us time because it does. Like, you know, you have the time to be able to do the things that you want to do because you're not having to work 10 hours a day in a job that slowly sucks the soul from you. So money gives you the possibility to free up your time for the pleasures in life that you really, really desire and want to follow. And so this is a really important way to think about money. It doesn't have to be this negative materialistic concept. It can be something that can actually help you to create more of the life that you actually desire. Another quote kind of tied into the common misconception that we have about money is that no one is impressed with your possessions as much as you are. (laughs) How funny is this? Like we buy things sometimes and whether we realize it or not, we almost want to show off to other people the things that we have. Oh, look, I've got this brand new car. Look, look at my new MacBook. Look, look at my Chanel handbag. Like we buy things a lot of the time to create an illusion to other people. But essentially, as humans, we are just intrinsically interested in ourselves. We might express pleasure or compliments to another person for something they have, but we're not overly invested in it. We're not thinking about it every minute of the day. So when you're buying something, you need to remember that you're buying it for you. You're not buying it for other people because people essentially are not interested in what you have. Another quote that really stood out for me is that the world is filled with people who look modest, but are actually wealthy. And people who look rich, who live at the razor's edge of insolvency. Wow. 
This is so true. Some of the richest people in the world, you would never know it just from looking at them. Like I think of Mark Zuckerberg. I think of the late Steve Jobs. They used to wear the same outfit every single day. Like they had their wardrobe full of the same jeans and the same top. If you saw somebody who wore the same clothes every day, you would think, oh gosh, they don't have enough money to buy clothes. But these people are hugely successful. They've chosen to have a more modest life in terms of what they wear because it frees up their mental capacity to focus on other things. They're not interested in every day waking up deciding what clothes to wear. They're interested in using that mental energy to create something amazing that's ultimately going to make them even more successful. So I think it's really interesting how in society we almost look down on people that look like they don't have a lot of money. We 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 kind of write them off. But essentially, those are the people that perhaps have more money than the people with the designer bags and the really showy, glitzy life. So I feel like that was a really good reality check. Um, and the last quote from this book that really stood out for me is that good decisions aren't always rational. At some point, you have to choose between being happy or being right. So true. So, so true. This is difficult because what is right and what makes you happy, two very subjective areas. I can't sit here now and tell you what the definition of right is or what the definition of happiness. I can only say that you know within yourself what feels right and what makes you happy. And they are two really, really important aspects to consider because essentially in life we have this opportunity to create whatever we want and we can do what is perceived right often by external standards often by society or we can do what is going to light us up internally what is going to bring us joy and more often than not it's that path that will lead you to a more fulfilled life than meeting other people's expectations. The next book that I read of this year was Make Time by Jake Knapp and John Zeratsky. I think I've said his surname right. This book basically helps you to focus on what matters every day. And there were just a couple of takeaways that I took from this book because it's essentially a productivity book but it's divided into steps and techniques and tips that you can try. But essentially what was interesting for me is that we divide our time into two categories. Busy bandwagons, these are people who are always busy, constant to-do lists. And then infinity pools, these are those moments where we have those never-ending distractions such as social media, for example. This is interesting because this is essentially how we divide our time. We have the to-do list or we have the constant distractions from social media and technology. So I thought that was a really, really interesting way to think about how we manage our time. Something else that stood out for me from this book was the fact of having a personal sprint. What this means is to spend five days focused on one project. Now, if I remember well, the authors of this book used to work for Google. And so they adopted some of these principles when they were working at Google um, to focus on different projects and various other things that they were doing. 
And I really like this idea. I think if you have a passion project, if there is something that you need to get done, dedicate five days to just focusing on that. Because there is that saying, isn't there, that if you try to split your time and do a little bit of everything, you end up doing nothing. It's the same way that if you try to appeal to everybody, you appeal to no one. And it's that same principle. Whereas if you put 100% of your energy and focus into one project, you are more likely to gain traction in that way and more likely to make progress. So I think that this is a really, really um, good technique to adopt if there is something specific that you're working on in your life. Um, Another really valid takeaway that I took from this book is to rebuild the barriers to distraction. With technology now, with the phone constantly buzzing in our pocket, with apps, even smartwatches, there are so many different things that can slowly suck out um, our attention from us. But you need to recreate those barriers again to distraction. And one of them they talk about is to clear your home screen on your phone of any apps. So when you first unlock your phone, you do not see an app. You see a blank page and then you have to swipe across to access all of your apps. For example, if you have an iPhone, this is a technique that I've actually adopted. And it's really good because when I unlock my phone, I have a moment to think, right, what am I doing on my phone Am I just immediately, without thinking about it, subconsciously just going to start opening an app and getting lost in it? Or what am I actually opening my phone to do? And it's it's great because we've all had those moments where we open our phone to do one thing, we get distracted, we get lost in that, and then we forget why we actually took our phone in the first place. But this just gives you that one second or two seconds of clarity to really focus your mind before you start getting lost in the distractions on your phone. So this is a really, really good technique that I've even adopted in my life. And this brings us really nicely onto the book that I'm currently reading. Now, this book is amazing. It is a collection of essays called 101 Essays That Will Change the Way You Think by Brianna Wiest. I think I've probably said her surname one as well. Um, But this book is amazing. And as I've said, it's my current read at the moment. But even so, there are takeaways that I've already gained from this book. The first is this incredible expression, to believe is to become. I cannot stress enough. Anything in life that you want to create, it starts with a belief. If you do not believe that you can do something, you will never do it. If you do not believe that you can achieve something, you will never achieve it. Belief is the foundation of anything that you want to do, create or have in your life. And once you have that belief, you can take the necessary steps in order to become and and realize what it is that you want to do. So I absolutely love this quote. um, And it's just so true. Another quote that really stood out for me is from the life lesson, the essay, Breaking Your Upper Limit and How People Hold Themselves Back from Happiness. Now, within this essay, she says, most people don't want to be happy, which is why they aren't. They just don't realize this is the case. This is so powerful because we all say we want to be happy, right? We This is something like the elusive emotion that we all kind of lust after. 
But how many things do we do in our lives that actually take us there? What are we actively doing to seek out that happiness, to feel more fulfilled in our lives? Because there are a lot of people that say they want to be happy, yet their actions are taking them in the completely different direction. And so very interesting here, tying it always back to personal responsibility. If you want to be happy, what are you going to do to lead you there? What are you going to do that is going to make you feel happy? Because essentially, there's always got to be some action that's going to take you there. It's not something you wake up one day and automatically feel. Another quote that has stood out for me um, is essentially linked into the same essay. And it says that happy people may lose everything they have, but people who never choose to fully step into their lives never have anything at all. This is... so so true like essentially we could all lose everything we have at this moment but if you have never taken the steps taken the action started to follow your dreams you never had anything to begin with like better to experience happiness to experience that aspect of your life than to never fully step into your life and even remotely understand what that feels like. Really, really powerful quote. And finally, the quote that has stood out to me from another essay in this book, The Happiness of Excellence, is this. It is the process of falling in love with the hike. This is the best way that I could close this podcast episode. Anything in life that is worth doing takes time. Anything that you can visualize, that you can achieve in a short period of time, maybe isn't as valuable as you had thought it was because the most valuable things in life take time. And you have to fall in love with that hike. You have to fall in love with the journey We've all seen, I think, probably most of us have seen that really famous cartoon image of two men chipping away in a gold mine in a cave looking for gold. And one gives up like just centimetres away from when they would have hit the gold, gives up and goes home. And essentially, that's how we are in life. We become impatient. We want this immediate gratification, this immediate success, because that's essentially what life is teaching us through social media, through things like this. We want this immediate gratification. But what we don't understand sometimes is that you have to be in it for the long haul. You have to be in it through the difficult moments, for the times when you feel like you've got no more energy, for the times that you're like, oh my goodness, what have I done? You've got to be in it for the long haul. All those people that you follow on social media, YouTube, successful entrepreneurs, apart from a few exceptions, the majority of them have been doing what they do for many, many, many years. They didn't immediately have this success. They weren't an overnight um, superstar. It took years and years and years of dedication, focus, hard work, commitment to arrive at the point that they're at. They all had to fall in love with the hike. And so if you have something that you want to set your heart on doing in 2024, you need to get ready to fall in love with the hike too. Because honestly, anything that is worth your time takes time. And that's a really important philosophy to remember. 
So a really long episode today, but I hope that this can give you lots of inspiration, not only for books that you can read going into the new year, but also with some nuggets of wisdom that can inspire you whatever point in life you're at. And I'll see you in the next episode.